where you like each like did your school do like each class had a different um like time of the year program they did can you provide an example uh like one of the grades like that fourth grade class or that whatever class was responsible for doing like earth day and then one was responsible for doing like like a usa like memorial day or some bullshit like that no your school didn't have that no but they did make us work in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) i wish that was a joke that we got assigned in fourth or fifth grade i think to work in the kitchen like we would rotate our class would work in and the like kitchen. you had to do the dishes for lunch and they gave you like you got free lunch for the week which is oh wow free lunch great and then they also gave you like a bag of chips each day you got to pick a bag of chips that so, was your payment so they got basically free labor, like free labor. yeah because mm. there were only two lunch people and then they had two students who did the dishes Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, sounds, uh, don't like that. I'd rather do the programs. But why were you, why were you bringing Oh, I was thinking about it, because sometimes the, the, uh, songs pop in my head. Um, like the 50 Nifty song, or like, Today It's a Grand Old Flag. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have that problem. <laughs> oh, they did when we did, like, fifth grade graduation mm-hmm. because we had lived through 9-11. Like, I was in first grade. Um, I guess you would have been in first grade, I mean, too. yeah, I was also um, in first grade, but <laughs> <laughs> please continue. Um, <laughs> Educating me on when, <laughs> when, when 9-11, 9/11 was. <laughs> um, but during our fifth grade, like, ceremony where this whole school like celebrated that we were leaving to go to middle school mm-hmm. because like we were the generation that 9-11 really happened in like all of our songs I remember we had to wear white t-shirts and jean shorts or like overalls like jean overalls with a white shirt and all of the songs were like country songs about America and it was like <laughs> I am proud to be an oh, American. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we Where, all had like. I know I'm free. Yeah, yep. we all had a coordinated dance to it. Yep. In front of the whole school and all of our parents. And it was horrible. And yeah. um, I have had nightmares about being forced to go back to elementary school because my high school burned down. And they're like, <laughs> you have to go back to Perry Elementary. Well, imagine that, but the whole. Every. Like. Every year this happens, but every grade you do a different program. That's what they call them, programs. And um, so, like, from kindergarten to fifth grade, you're literally doing a different program every year, but you're at least doing one. And they set up these stands. So there's, like, a group on the stage, and then there are two groups off to the side. And then you... um, like every class got featured, so like you're, they were wrote, there were rotations involved. Some people got picked for solos. Like I got picked one year for a solo for "This Land Is Your Land." So like we had like uh, like rows of people to like we took turns at the mic for every like solo you had. And yeah, that sounds horrific. 
Like, that's my, like, worst nightmare. Yeah, that's how my elementary school was. There's probably some kids who went to your elementary school who are, like, scarred for life now and, like, can't function. Probably. Because of anxiety issues. Probably. That would have been me. Yeah. I guarantee it. But I'm over here like, let's fucking go. Yeah, you're not, you're not suffering. you're not extroverted as hell. Yeah. But if it, were, if it were me, I would have been really messed up from that time in my oh, life. Oh, I'm sure you would have. It was, yeah. But anyways, do you want to talk about Hitler? <laughs> Wait, was this the whole intro to our podcast? Yeah, I was recording the whole time. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about him. Welcome to Hysterical History, where we sit down, talk about our favorite stories, and of course, laugh. Your hosts are Whitley Trussler and Emily Gummery. All right, let's get this show started. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm talking today about how, well, I think we've, you've probably heard theories about like, Oh, Hitler's still alive, and oh, he, like, yeah. escaped the bunker, and blah, 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 and the different Are theories. Are you going to tell me Hitler's still alive? No. Oh. I'm going to tell you the opposite. How you know for sure Hitler is dead? I don't know for sure. So I'm not, I'm not solving anything here. I'm just, like, laying out the theories okay. and evidence from scientists that he is actually dead. But the reason I want to do this story is because I want to tee up another story next week. Oh, okay. So next week, I want to talk about um, Ruzhevskia. 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 I need to quit doing stories with Eastern European names in them. Okay, so next week, I want to talk about the remarkable tale of Elena Ruzhevskia, who was a Jewish woman who identified the Fuhrer's remains. And she sat on them for decades. Like, they gave her the remains in a maro- little maroon box, like this, his teeth, mm-hmm. and told her to guard it with her life. Who did? Never mind. It's next week. The story. Soviets. But yes, next week we're going to talk about this woman's remarkable tale of like how she's just like this translator for the Soviet army who like comes to have the evidence that Hitler is actually dead in her possession in a little maroon box. Mm-hmm. Y'all can't see me right now. My eyes are real squinty. I, I don't... Okay, we'll see. We'll see what you have to say. No, well, I, I'm so interested in it that I actually just ordered her memoir, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to read it this week because I just... It's so interesting, and I want to learn more about her story because she's... I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that next week. But yeah. the reason I'm doing that, I just want to do a short story this week about the theories about Hitler, and then we'll roll into Elena's story. I'm hella skeptical already. I know. I can see it on your face. I can see it on your face. But I think this one will be a little bit more enjoyable. Um, <laughs> Instead of me just, like, fuming the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one's, like, fun. Like, oh, that was a theory. Ha <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm ready for these, though. So, I'm sure there are mo- some outrageous ones. Yeah, they're not... Okay, there's one that's actually really funny, and it has to do with um, an American, of course. An American minor and Baptist preacher, but we'll get to that. Um, It's a Baptist. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Please don't hate us. (laughs) Um, So, 
what caused these theories that Hitler survived and escaped his bunker, right? So, like, that's that's an important place to start. Like, why did these even start to come about? And on June 9th, 1945, Georgi Zhukov, who was a Soviet general and a marshal for the Soviet Union, he held a public press conference, which he was ordered to do so by Stalin, and he said, everybody, Hitler's not dead, basically. Like, that was, like, what what he presented at this press conference. Stalin wanted him to present that Hitler survived and escaped the bunker and, like, tell everybody that. So we did. What? And a month after that conference, they did a poll of Americans who thought Hitler was alive still. 70% of Americans, because of this conference, believed Hitler was still alive. The same people that also think that Tupac... And Elvis Presley are still alive, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and speaking of Tupac, I was actually in Lowe's yesterday. I know this is weird. This is a weird tangent. If you tangent. tell me you walked by Tupac at Lowe's, I'm I'm no aliveing right now. I I passed a really like crackhead white guy in his forties and <laughs> <laughs> headphones in, <laughs> and it was actually a I don't know. It was microaggression leaning towards racist. What he did. He was pushing his cart, like, with his headphones in, like, rocking back and forth. And a black Lowe's associate, like, a woman, was walking by him. And he was like, hey, hey, girl, I'm listening to Tupac. He's really good. And I was like, sir, (laughs) we know the only reason you're saying that to this woman is because she's a black woman. And you think you're connecting with her by telling her that you're listening to Tupac. Tupac. And I felt really bad for her because she was like, hmm. And she I wanted doesn't to even listen to Tupac. That would be the su- that would be some shit. But anyways, I found that interaction to be very problematic, and I just I agree. I keep thinking about it. But anyways, moving on, talking about Hitler, not, not Tupac, Lowe's. and microaggressions <laughs> and lows, um, <laughs> the important things. So <laughs> this episode already is so chaotic. It is chaotic. Um, so then in July 1945. So this press conference was back like a June, so a month later. Um, Stalin finally asked, he was like, okay, well, or no, he didn't ask. Somebody asked him, like, how did Hitler die, Stalin? As if Stalin was there and knows. But Stalin answered, he responded, he was like, Hitler is not dead. And I believe he is in Spain or Argentina, which I will say the South American theories that I'm going to talk about actually after hearing your story about adolf eichmann like seem very plausible like if there was a theory i was gonna believe it'd be that he fled to south america agreed but so yeah stalin's like no way hitler's hitler's not dead no way he left he's gone like he just picked up went to south america these people or also maybe these... spain i don't know he's like maybe these people with these platforms that just like pop off at the mouth literally nothing has changed (laughs) and then british newspapers as well around this time they repeated comments from a soviet officer that the charred body that was found by the soviets was a very poor double like it was a fake hitler which like if the body is charred i don't know how you can make that a decision that like this very charred, blackened body that has been burned beyond recognition is a very poor double. Well, and I'm also confused at why we're believing anything the Soviets say. Well, right. But it's interesting because upon reading into this more, they're kind of the drivers of this theory. Like, 
they're the ones who like pushed this theory into motion they felt fa- like they went into the bunker and found the remains so that's also why they i'll get into this later like the dental remains of hitler that's why the soviets had them for like years like this jewish woman who was on the soviet side the woman elena i talked about earlier like she had his teeth just had them but like that's why i have a hard time believing that i mean i know that's not the story we're talking about but i have a hard time believing it due to the fact that like this because the soviets like remotely touched it well yeah which is terrible because i know not everybody in like the soviet union is like a liar but like the government though that's that's the government was shady as hell and or at least that's what we've been conditioned here in the united states to think and so I just have a very hard time believing any single theory that came out of the Soviet Union. Right. But that's what, like, it is interesting because, like, I, I do think that it's totally, it's not impossible that he didn't, like, leave his bunker by some secret way. I agree. But it's also, like, also very possible that he did shoot himself in the bunker and then like direct people to have his body burned i mean it could well, be and either that's the thing is like i've always thought that he and ava braun took cyanide pills and that well, they did not shoot right. themselves well it's the the things i was reading that he yeah he took the cyanide and then shot himself sorry i'm pro- we're probably like jumping through like every part of your story right now no but... you're fine i actually don't go into the actual deaths gotcha. um of them um i feel like it's not a huge part of the story um yeah like that i'm talking about so but of course since the soviets said that hitler is still alive western countries were like no 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 no. (laughs) hitler killed himself on april 30th of 1945 and that's the fact yeah so so we double downed yeah they were like he's dead and then you've got Nazis who like former Nazis coming out and saying like this was in October 1945 Otto Abetz a Nazi ambassador in France during World War II he was like no Hitler's not dead so it's just like every like it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth um so of course the western powers are like okay we need to investigate Hitler's death yeah because it's important to know if he's dead or alive if a maniac is on the loose yes that would be very yes important, so I would think. of course they're very interested in figuring out what happened to him um so the british actually begin investigating in berlin as they do of course um and if you know not shockingly after they declared that he definitely died in april of 1945 they're like Yep, Hitler and Eva Braun, they died in the bunker. It was suicide. They published it in a book. And then one of the quotes was, there's a desire to invent legends and fairy tales. Which I think is a little true. Like, we Mm -hmm. all like a good legend and fairy tale. Um, So then we go to 1947, two years later, and they re-polled Americans on if Hitler was dead or not. Apparently this is a super hot topic. And only 45% of Americans now think that he's still alive. So it did slowly, like, from 70% to 45%. That's still a lot of people, but though, that are like, they think still he's alive. Lot. Yeah. Like, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> so these are just a couple of fun ones that I've, I found. So 
1946, there was an American miner and Baptist preacher, and he began sending out a series of letters under the pen name Furrier Number One. Not Furrier. It was spelled like Furrier. Like that dog is furrier than that dog. And he he claimed to be Hitler. He was like, I'm Hitler. I'm writing all of these memos to let you know that I'm alive and well and I escaped to none other than Kentucky. I have a lot of things. First of all, you're not Hitler if you can't even spell Fuhrer right. Yes. Secondly, why a Baptist would claim to be Hitler. Thirdly, why your go-to, and you think it's so convincing, that Hitler could literally go anywhere. Like, if, if I'm Hitler, and I'm running this country, and I have millions of billions of, like, uh, dollars or whatever at my disposal, plus I stole millions of billions of dollars and, you know, items worth of that from other countries... And you think I'm going to go to Kentucky? Well, not only is this person claiming to be Hitler, claiming to be in Kentucky, but also claiming that he was building tunnels to Washington, D.C., and that he was going to engage armies, nuclear bombs, and invisible spaceships to take over the universe. Oh, Jesus. He even raised $15,000 from supporters. What? What? Which accounts to over $140,000 as of 2020's currency conversion. And then he got arrested in mid-1956 on charges of mail fraud because he was pretending to be Hitler and sending out these (laughs) bulletins. Mm. Okay. Anyways, we can move on to the next one. That that one is just, like, a lot to take in because it's just so stupid. <laughs> like, like, my very last two brain cells can't even just, like... <laughs> okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, this next one is a, is much more, like... These next couple are much more appealing and, like... Could oh, those could be. Yeah. Okay. So this one comes from German Lieutenant Arthur Mackinson. So okay. already I'm like trusting this guy a little bit more than the Baptist from Kentucky <laughs> who thinks he's going to have invisible spaceships and dig a tunnel to D.C. I just wish, I, I really hope that they like did their due diligence with the people that donated money to him. Because like that's what's scary to me. Not like this one nut job in Kentucky sending sending letters, which is is still pretty scary at the time. Like it's two years only, and you're gonna pretend you're Hitler. But like that, he had supporters that gave him money for this is what is concerning for me. Yes, but I mean, people donate to Donald Trump, so I mean, people, yeah. <laughs> We saw white supremacists, but okay. Yes. Anyway, I hate it here. But yes, back to German Lieutenant Arthur Mackinson. This is in 1948, okay. and newspapers around the world start reporting his account. So he, like, comes forward, and he claims that he was with Hitler and escaped on May 5th, 1945, himself, Hitler, Eva Braun, mm-hmm. who is Hitler's wife. mistress-turned-wife, mm-hmm. and Martin Bormann, 
who was a Nazi, another Nazi official, and they escaped from the Fuhrer bank uh, bunker, so like the bunker they were in, in tanks. So they like left. Because the thing is, like, it is believed that Hitler died on April 30th, but they did not actually reach the bunker until, I think, May or June to actually get the remains. Right. But I think what I'm having a hard time with is, like, would you not have noticed tanks driving away from a bunker? I don't know. You would think, but I know. Because everybody else's tank is going one way, (laughs) and presumably your tank will be going the opposite way. Right? How do you how do you hide a tank? You you don't. You you can't. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in the military, at me. Literally, send me a DM. I want to know how you think you would hide a tank, because I don't. I'm really not getting it. I think what they actually did was borrowed an invisible spaceship from the Baptist in Kentucky. Um, that's what all that money went to is the ship the tank yeah <laughs> that, w- that was the fundraising um oh but yeah God. they they uh, according to this guy's account um mackinson the group fled the bunker and went to denmark where hitler apparently according to his account gave a speech and then took a flight with Braun to the coast say that one more time so they left in the tank from the bunker. Okay. Ended up in an airport. Okay. And then went to Denmark, where Hitler gave a speech, allegedly, and then they flew from Denmark to the coast with Eva Braun. Uh-huh. And then, like, eventually, like, to Argentina is the next step. Uh-huh. Okay. And around this, like, time that he comes out and, like, says, I was with Hitler, this is what happened, the tanks, all that. Mm-hmm. There was also information coming out that there was a double cremated in Hitler's place allowing Hitler to flee by submarine to Argentina. So there's, like, conflicting ways of how he got to Argentina, and then yeah, I'm trying to picture, like, like, this is Germany, and, like, Berlin is essentially here. Yeah. And you have these armies coming from all directions... I'm still really having a hard time with, unless you escaped on foot, which presumably would be still terrible, how you were able to escape when you're going the opposite direction as everyone else. (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah, I... And, like, you're telling me that we... We have all this military power, and we just said, F the airports and F the coast. I don't, I don't see how we would do... Yeah. We, maybe, as the United States, <laughs> but everyone else, I don't see 
I don't see that. And, like, we had the Air Force, like, they, so, like, how would you not see a plane taking off? Right. And, like, why would you not ground all, I don't know. Anyway, so sorry. No, just, it's fine. It. So, I don't, oh. the Nuremberg trials, obviously, they come around. There's this judge named Michael Musmano. Mm-hmm. And he's basically his like goal is to shut these theories down during these trials because he he God says quote these theories are about as rational as to say that hitler was carried away by angels so he's like on the same page as you he's like no freaking way this did yes. not happen literally and, that's how it has to be the secret like spaceship yeah situation from the man in kentucky, <laughs> kentucky. or angels came and got him or the devil just went Phew! Took him yeah, down. Yeah, just sucked him down. <laughs> um, there's like a shoot in the bunker that goes straight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this judge is like, there's no evidence. Hitler's dental remains seem pretty convincing. And the fact that um, these theories are ignoring that there were witnesses in the bunker. Like, like a ton of them. Yeah, because Hitler, after he like committed suicide he then directed to have them burned like their remains burned yeah because he didn't want it their bodies to fall in the hands of the enemy yes exactly so like this judge is just like that's this is so stupid this is the worst theory and then (laughs) Mackinson he's also like Mackinson tells another version of the story where they flew Instead of flying, like, to the coast and then to Argentina, on May 9th, they flew to Spain. And and apparently during this flight, they were attacked by 30 lightning fighters over Marseille, despite the war having ended in Europe, purportedly killing all 33 passengers except himself. So this guy is just off his rocker. So, like, at first it seems like, okay, wait, he was in the bunker with him. But then you're like, okay, wait a minute. You're just, like, off the rails now. Was he... You're like the Baptist On now. trial? Was he one of the ones on trial? Or he just, like, yeah. skated by because he was just, like, so low on the totem pole? I didn't actually look up if he, like, was convicted of anything. But he was at the trials. Because this is when these conversations took place between okay. Mac Well, I was just curious if he was, like, at the trial because he was testifying about something. Or if he was actually one of the people that they were trying. Yeah, I, I'm not sure on that. Um, hmm. Probably could figure that out with a quick... Um, Google search, but anyways, he's like off his rocker. Like, there's no he way. He Baptist should call these Yeah. Things. And then we have this other theory of the escape to Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, so Philip Citrin um, was a German SS trooper um, and he claimed that Hitler was still alive and he left for Argentina. Um, so they found this in a declassified CIA or CIA document in October of 1955. They found Philip Sintron's account of this. And he said Hitler's still alive. He fled. He went to Colombia first. And then in, he flew to Argentina around January 1955. So he's like saying that Hitler's hiding out in South America, which I think is like if one of these theories is plausible, it's this one. Just mm-hmm. based on a lot of Nazis fleeing to South America because yeah. of their ties there. Um, and... Enclosed with the document was an alleged photograph of Citroen and a person he claimed to be Hitler. And on the back of the photo was written Adolf Sch- uh, Schuttelmeier and the year 1954. So, like, to me, if any of the theories make sense, it's that 
Hitler fled for South America. He changed his name. He changed his appearance. But he still keeps old collaborators close. Yeah, I just, I don't disagree. I think out of everything you've just told me, if he's a real, like really truly, like was able to escape and was alive, or is still alive or whatever, that would be the most probable. I just have like a really hard time believing that that many people could keep their mouths shut for this long. Agree. I mean, we heard my story about Adolf Eichmann. They weren't even in Argentina for like two months and people couldn't keep their mouths shut. Yeah. And that was Adolf Eichmann. So like, I just have a really hard time, you know, like that no one, but this one man has been willing to testify that they, that, that Adolf Hitler was in Argentina. Right, because other people close to Hitler are giving very conflicting accounts. Like, people who were in the bunker with him, like, mm-hmm. on the day he supposedly committed suicide. Um, like, we've all watched enough mob movies. Like, people <laughs> cannot keep their mouths shut. No. For very long no. periods of time. So, the evidence that points to the fact that he is dead is in the teeth that they found. Because... Adolf Hitler, I don't know why I just said Adolf Hitler, Hitler had very distinct dental work completed. Okay. And he only had like three actual teeth remaining, and then he had like a lot of gold in his mouth. So it's, it's a very distinct jaw makeup. and Like his dentist makeup. would know. Yes, correct. And actually, um, I don't know if it's in here if I'm going to talk about it. Okay, I'm going to talk about it next week because... When I was researching um, Elena, again, the person who was given the teeth, um, there's a lot of, like, interviews with, not the dentist, because I think the dentist, like, disappeared or something. Uh, Mysterious, but not shocking. But, like, dental assistants who worked on the teeth and that kind of stuff. So, we will talk about that uh, next week. But, in 2018... Um, French scientists analyzed fragments of Hitler's teeth because they were trying to prove that he did die in 1945. And they, uh, the weird part is they had to get permission from Putin. So Putin signed off on this to let them look at the remains that the Soviet, or not Soviets, Russia now, had oh, in their Jesus. hands. Because they still had Hitler's remains, like they still have them. But they were not going to allow these French scientists to actually take any like dna analysis or like any chemical analyses it was only they could only look at them that's what's shady to me yes that is the stuff that is shady to me yes if you have nothing to hide let them take dna right um anybody else would (laughs) i mean look how much shit we dig up and we're like let's just fucking take dna from it yeah exactly they were not gonna allow the french scientists to do this so and I'm wondering if it's because at this point now, the then Soviets, now Russia, who is in the charge of these remains, they're the ones who found, found, quote unquote, the remains. So, like, if that's not actually Hitler, who's on the line for it? Russia. But at the same time, Stalin was over here like, he's not dead. So it's kind of a weird, like, 
it all but it I makes don't know. me wonder like because if you look at the progression Hitler came into power eventually went crazy made terrible decisions war ended Mussolini did the same thing in Italy and got hanged <laughs> right like it wouldn't be a surprise to me if Stalin just eventually went mad or eventually went crazy and and either they knew from the jump that the teeth weren't really his and then that was Stalin being like hey this is the truth and then they tried to cover that up or they tested the teeth after the fact and now they can't turn around and say just kidding yeah it's it's actually interesting because I was gonna like my next point was that um the Russian interpreter interpreter Elena that I've been talking about throughout the story um it was revealed it wasn't revealed until 2018 that she had the teeth Mm-hmm. like in her possession for like all those years and she was tasked her task was cross-checking them with his dental records and she decided that they matched and they remained in russian hands ever since like she checked it said it was cool and then russia has had them ever since and okay and at this time like we have to admit like there's not advanced like there's not like chemical analyses they could have done or anything like that but right but like not to be shitty like you're an interpreter right she's probably not qualified to be doing this so why are we why are we listening to an interpreter talk about teeth right and that's why i'm so interested to read her memoir (laughs) because i like don't there's a lot of weird stuff happening here and i just want to yeah hear her full story i would love to read it after you when you're done yeah because i'm very much like i think I think she believes that she had his teeth. I don't believe she had his teeth. You're right. And that's why this is so intriguing because there's probably, unless like Russia allows at some point for chemical analyses to be done, we're never going to know. Like it's never going to be put to bed until. So do they have them now or is she still guarding them with her entire life? Well, Russia. Okay. So. There were months of negotiations um, between Russia and the researchers to get permission for the the French French researchers to even look at it. And they finally did, like, after months of negotiation. But part of that negotiation was, like, you can only physically look at it and examine it that way. Mm -hmm. So they gave them a skull fragment and some of his teeth. And the skull fragment that they got was the left side consistent with a bullet wound um, to the temple. Conveniently. Yes, conveniently. And... And they couldn't the test scientists, that either? No. So the scientists found, just from looking at the skull, the shapes of the teeth, the makeup of the teeth, like, were totally comparable to the radiographies of Hitler's skull taken a year before his death. So they could match that. Um, but you could but that's that. all that yeah yes you could so that's all they, they've got to go on um, so yeah there's it's they, they also again they couldn't do analyses so they can't even say if he took the cyanide for sure or not but they did um, 
They did find bluish deposits on his false teeth, which could indicate a variety of chemical reactions, but there's no way to tell if it was cyanide or not. Or Because they can't test. Correct. Yeah. Um, but they, they, can't, they can't prove that he took the cyanide before he then shot himself in the head. Um, so they can't prove the skull fragment with the bullet hole in it belongs to Hitler. They think they're certain... Not think. I, I worded that wrong. They're certain that the teeth and the jawbones match Hitler's. But I'm interested to read more and learn more. Um, so that's why next week we're going to talk about Elena Rush, Rush, oh God, I can say it in my head, and then when I go to say it, I panic. Yeah. Ruzhevskia, who identified his remains and was given them and just sat on them for decades. Like, had them in her possession in this little maroon box. So that's next week. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I am excited. I just am... Skeptical? I, I'm skeptical. There's no way one or I the just, other to say. At this point, I don't even want a test of, like, DNA. I want a test of, like, are these real teeth? Are these real teeth or are these duplicates like that the the soviet union now russia just made false teeth because all of that paperwork existed they could have just made the freaking teeth they also if we really want to go super conspiracy theorist they could have gotten to the bunker way before anyone else did and before before anyone wants to admit it and they could have hijacked Hitler and planted that information there. And had been doing God knows what to Hitler and the Soviet Union. You know what I mean? Like. Right. And it's. I, I just I need to know that it's real teeth before I can believe <laughs> any theory. I know. And it's crazy that like this whole situation makes you even wonder, are those real teeth? Yeah. Well, and, like, I understand we all do shady shit. The United States does shady shit. Britain does shady shit. Switzerland is, like, in the middle of every conflict, but I'm sure they do shady shit. Like, everybody does shady stuff. But, like, if anyone in the in, in Russia listens to this podcast, <laughs> like, do you not hear... The fact that, like, you guys are so unbelievable that I can't even believe you have real teeth in your possession. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't understand. <laughs> Just, like, it makes me panic to believe that those are real teeth. Yes. Yes. And that's insane. I should be able to believe, hey, this country does some shady shit, but I at least know these are real teeth. I, and I don't feel that way. Right, it's like a little, it's such a small thing that you're like, I wish they could give me this, but yet they can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I'm willing to wait on DNA. We waited this long. Go ahead, Putin. You you pass away, we'll test the teeth, it'll be fine. Just tell me if they're real teeth. And And don't tell me, let another country test it and tell me. Because I don't trust shit out of your mouth. Yeah, I feel like you need, like, Russia to test it first. To, like, have their report 
and then send it to a bunch of other countries to also test it and make sure the reports match. Yes. But at the same time, like... That's never going to happen. Are they even real? We may... I don't know. It's something we may never know. It's something... I don't know. It's it's very intriguing to think about, though. And like, it honestly, if... Again, to get super conspiracy, if my conspiracy theory that I just talked about is true, they could have been fake teeth at the beginning. Hitler could have passed away between now and then, and now they could be real teeth. So then we really would never know. Well, there was also something I was reading about that, like, Western powers helped him escape because they didn't want him to end up in the hands of the Soviet Union. So that's, like, a whole other... Which is, like, fucked up. Right, but, like, I wouldn't put it past some governments that that would not be a thing that happens just because of the... I mean, I, I, as a person, hope that that doesn't happen because I want to, like, trust the government. I just don't think you can, realistically. I don't... Yeah, I don't trust anybody's government, um, to be honest. But what I don't understand... Is the escaping part. Like why didn't you just. Arrest him. Why would we help him escape. Like what do we get out of it. I, I, I fully understand. Keeping him out of the hands of the Soviets. Because again God only knows what would have happened. Though he might have deserved it. But why let him escape. Why would we not just be like. We're going to take him. And then here Israel. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like i don't understand the escaping part like what do we get out of letting him escape like did you not just see the atroc- atrocities that were just committed like i don't get it yeah yeah i think personally i lean towards like he did commit suicide in the bunker because he saw like M- mussolini got caught before he did and he saw what happened to mussolini that's terrifying. I like and think of the things they did to Mussolini. What the hell would they do to him? Yeah, they desecrated that body, man. Right. And <laughs> it's like, what pain would he endure? Because at this point, you know, you're getting captured or dying. Like you have two choices. And like being captured would entail a much more painful, mm-hmm. slow, agonizing death. Yep. If they even kill you, they could keep you and torture you for decades. And just keep you barely hanging on. Yep. So I don't know. We may never know. But that's that's the story. And we'll continue it next week. And I think it's going to be really interesting to learn about this translator. Who also apparently is an expert on teeth. <laughs> Man, I didn't know I was coming here for such a controversial topic. I know. What's your topic? Not controversial at all. <laughs> oh, well, perfect. We probably need less controversy. It's actually going to, like, you're going to be like, wow, this is freaking weird. So, I'm telling you, um, what in the heck? Um, well, my Google Docs would work. So, I'm telling you a story today about, um... Andrew Jackson versus um, Charles Dickens. What? I'm pretty sure that's the story I'm telling you. <laughs> Please hold. <laughs> now you have me panic. It's definitely those people, right? Pretty sure. <laughs> now I'm concerned. 
Um, Charles Dickinson. Yeah, Charles Dickinson versus Andrew Jackson. Charles Dickinson, not Dickens. Oh, sorry. Yes, Dickinson. Okay, so not the, like, author. No. Okay. Charles Dickinson. Now I'm, like, panicked that I'm telling you the wrong story. No, Charles Dickinson, who was an American attorney. Okay. <sighs> now that my panic has subsided. Okay. Um, I don't know. I like the panic. Can you just panic through the story? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this story, this, like, show is already chaotic enough without me panicking. It's like I've never done this before. Hi, this is my first day. Okay. Anyway, so Dickinson's father-in-law and Jackson were both horse breeders and um, this led them to be rivals. Okay. Okay. This is like, this is where we're starting. Naturally. That's why I hate my neighbors. I'm just kidding. We don't have horses. <laughs> God. Okay, so 1805, Jackson had a $2,000 bet with Captain Joseph Irwin, who was Dickinson's father-in-law. Wait, that's a lot of money for that time, but continue, $2,000. Yeah, I didn't convert it. It could have already been converted in the information I found. Oh, God, I I hope so, because that'd be wild. Who knows? Don't trust this podcast either. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So they have this $2,000 bet. Obviously on a horse race because we're talking about horse races. So Irwin, the father-in-law, loses and had to pay $800 like up front. Mm -hmm. There was a disagreement that pursued and and it didn't really end well, as one could assume when you're giving away that big of a lump sum of money. So Dickinson overhears this story about the the shit that went down about this exchange of money and heard a lot of things that Jackson had supposedly said about his father-in-law. So he becomes irate with Jackson and is like, WTF, is he talking about, like, I'm getting to the bottom of this. And before he gets to the bottom of it, though, he gets into a fight with the person telling the story. Like, this person is literally just being like, hey, I heard this. And he's like, like, beat his ass. It was like uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith. He was like, get his name out of your mouth. Yeah, that's basically what it was. (laughs) So, um, and it it didn't help that the guy telling the story was friends with Jackson. So it's like a double-edged sword for this guy. He should have just stayed home with his wife. So Dickinson... Sends a friend, because why would we do it ourselves, you know? Like, no, we have to send our friends to do this shit. Sends a friend to ask Jackson if what he heard was true. This is like in middle school when you'd send your friend to be like, hey, so-and-so likes you. Like, how do you feel about them? Like, that's what this is. Love it. Jackson, of course, denies it, but goes on to attack Dickinson's friend. And is, like, calling him stupid and that he's, like, a stupid meddler and all this stuff. Just, like, berating him for coming to talk to him about it. So Dickinson writes to Jackson now because now he's even more mad because now you've just berated his friend. And he's, like, calling him a coward and an equivator. Equiv? 
equivocator. Um, <laughs> and just like being really an asshole. Like why would just go talk to him? He, so, wait, he was calling him a coward when he yeah, sent so, his friend to confront him? Exactly. Okay, continue. Yes. I just wanted to clarify you heard it. that point. You heard it okay. right. We're yep. in middle school right now. Okay? Right. So this escalates things and c- causes the two of them now t- to send a series of insults back and forth. And not only a series of insults, but they went as far, went as, far as to publish some of them in the National Review. Okay, this is like when you get in a Facebook argument with yes. like somebody who's this like, is like way wrong on Facebook. <laughs> These people walked so keyboard warriors could run. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that'd be such so. a good T-shirt. Continue. <laughs> we have to go back and listen to all our episodes and like write down our T-shirt ideas. That one's the best by far. Has I to think be so. So, so May of 1806. So this is literally a year-ish later, because I'm not sure what month this horse race took place. But we're now in 1806. Okay. May of 1806. Dickinson publishes a note calling Jackson a, quote, worthless scoundrel, a poltroon, and a coward. Like, literally calls him out. And Jackson afterwards, or this is after Jackson had called him a worthless, drunken blackguard. (laughs) And so this was the last straw for both men. (laughs) Just like, I'm not really sure how you knew, because like, this seems like it's a mess. They like put it in the newspaper. This is like, this is my last straw. (laughs) I hope so. Front page news. Nothing's going on right I now. I also just hope news. there's like a comment section in the newspaper with like the running argument. <laughs> like a real Facebook timeline. I know that didn't happen, but like that'd be hilarious. You know somebody though has it like cut out and like pasted on their wall. I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to do that as like decor in my house. <laughs> so, oh my God. Dickinson at the time was known to be one of the best marksmen in Tennessee. And dueling was currently illegal, but Jackson decided to challenge him anyway. Wait, Jackson? Jackson challenged the best marksman marksman in Tennessee. Yes. To an illegal duel. Correct. The man who's, like, going to become president. Yes. All right, you can continue now. Yeah. (laughs) So just let that sink in. Lord. So this was done. He challenges him. By sending Dickinson a note. Because, Whitley, we still cannot talk face-to-face. <laughs> I don't know how they're like, okay, we're just going to we're gonna go straight from, like, sending letters to each other. We're going to skip the whole, like, talking in person. And we're just going to go shoot each other. This is, this, this is why they should be glad they didn't have social media and the internet back at this time. Because, like, this is stuff that we would not have voted you for president for. Or we might. Well, we could have. We're terrible track record Based on right now. Currently, so, yeah. All right. So send him a note. And he said in this note, he wanted the quote, satisfaction due, due him for insults offered. Literally him being like, you called me some names and I'm pissed off. So now I'm going to shoot at you. But they were both calling each other names. <laughs> yes. 
so this really windy. is like if middle schoolers were given guns and could duel each other uh, ex- basically yes so they're in tennessee okay they go and travel all the way to logan kentucky and dueled in their invisible spaceship correct <laughs> and dueled on the shores of the red river oh pretty jackson conceded the first shot to dickinson choosing not to fire when he turned even though dickinson was such a good marksman so he basically just like let dickinson shoot at him first without even like offering to pull the trigger like is jackson depressed or something (laughs) i'm confused (laughs) so dickinson's shot hits jackson in the chest inches from his heart and breaks two ribs what okay Jackson was able to stay on his feet and carefully aimed and pulled the trigger. Nothing happened as the hammer had stopped, stopped half cocked. So he recocks this gun. Like, this is your sign. The fact your gun stops half cocked, like, maybe don't be doing this. No, Whitley. Like, just he let it says, go. nah, let me try again. <laughs> so he recocks this gun. And pulls the trigger again. So he hits Dickinson in the chest. Hours later, Dickinson dies due to damage to an artery. He was 26 and survived by his wife. Over a horse race? (laughs) Who Dickinson wasn't even involved in. Like, literally was was just, like, trying to see if the information he heard about what Andrew Jackson was saying about his dad was right. Though I'm not saying he shouldn't have just gone and done it Wait, himself. was it dad or uncle? Father-in-law, sorry. Father-in-law. Oh, 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 father-in-law. So the bullet's proximity to Jackson's heart, it could not be removed, and it remained in his chest for the remaining 39 years of his life. A little souvenir. So Jackson just, like, lived with a bullet in his chest. I don't know the rules of dueling, but it seems like cheating to, like, cock your gun after it didn't go off. Well, my understanding of dueling is you're literally supposed to both shoot at the same time. Like, you're supposed to count paces. You count to however many turn, and you're both supposed to shoot. Like, that's been my understanding of dueling my whole life. So, I'm confused because he let Dickinson shoot first and then Dickinson just stood there and let him shoot at him. So I'm just like, I don't, this isn't dueling. I don't understand what this is. It's just shooting each other. It's just shooting each other. <laughs> yeah. So, the end. <laughs> and we voted for that man for president. <laughs> I feel as if we should revoke our right to vote. <laughs> like, no more voting. I just have always felt that we should just, like, go back hands and knees, like, beg for forgiveness for the queen and just be back in. Yeah. T- Lily <laughs> Bet, take UK. us back. Take us back. Uh, like, ma'am, we didn't know what we were doing. Okay. <laughs> we threw a tantrum by putting tea in the in this ocean, like, or the harbor, like, <laughs> We clearly are just toddlers. Please help us. <laughs> Please take us back. Yeah. 
also, if I could get like a cool English accent out of it, I'm down. <laughs> the queen's birthday was last week. The birthday present for us is a uh, take us back. <laughs> yeah. Her birthday present that she's giving us for her birthday <laughs> is invasion. Yeah. I mean, we already we speak for ourselves, Harry. but like just debate us already. <laughs> I think she turned 96. See, perfect time to get another country. <laughs> Having a midlife crisis at 96? Invade America. <laughs> exactly. We don't deserve a country. We've proven that multiple times. Oh, that's weird. What's What was that for? Oh, this is interesting. What? I was just Googling to make sure I was right. She is 96. Um, mm-hmm. But then the, the next Google thing that popped up was, why does the queen have two birthdays? What? And it says the queen has two birthdays due to British weather. The monarch's birthday is typically celebrated with outdoor events. So it makes more sense to celebrate in the summer when there's greater chance of nicer weather. So apparently... When's her real birthday then? It was last week. Oh. Uh. Well... Yeah, the 21st. So, like, literally a few days ago. Oh. But apparently they won't celebrate it till the summer. That's kind of fun. Look at her go. She deserves it. Her. She deserves her it. Her and her corgis. Yeah. So cute. I wish I was one of the queen's corgis. Please take us back. <laughs> and turn me into a corgi. <laughs> <laughs> so now she's just not, she's not just the queen, she's the fairy godmother. Is that what you're <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. If she took us back, that would be fairy godmother. <laughs> She's going to take us back and then make all citizens of the U.S. corgis. Well. We're just going to be driving around as corgis with little tuxedos on. I'd rather wait until we see what happens because, like, I really don't want to be under Charles. So could we wait? Can we, like, come back but defer? (laughs) (laughs) What if we did, like, can we come come back back, while she's alive? Yeah, and then take. Like like, a deferment. Yeah, yeah. Like. Like paternity leave. It's like we're like, separated but still in love until Charles yeah, dies. Yeah, like we're just taking a break. Like Ross and Rachel. But really. <laughs> <laughs> like we can see other people. We can test out other countries. Like, you know, see yeah. what the vibe is. But like at the end, we'll come back. The ultimatum. When William's there. <laughs> <laughs>